Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn Johnson, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and the ESPN app. Boom, boom. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Look at that tag team right there. So, guys, uh, stop me if you heard this before. James Harden got to a new place and rediscovered how to play basketball. And his body. Yeah. By the way. His body looked ripped. I was like, what happened? What happened is you you stop drinking for a little bit. You stop eating salty foods. The water weight comes off. Come on. That's what happens, right? Am I right or wrong? If you stop going out and you you get rid of the salty food, just from boxing, I know this. If you, you put down a little bit of the extracurricular dope beverage. And you stop eating a little bit of the salty foods. Yeah. You you start to look better, but then with the moment that you get a break for two or three days. That's all right. And then you go back to it. But the thing is, what he does is. See, what James is, will never be able to take time off the game. Like, it's going to get to a certain point where he gets older, he won't be able to do that anymore. But his game is so cerebral that right now, at least, he can get away with it. But he's, he's he utilizes his upper body frame to bully people. Yep. He doesn't blow by you. No. Never with, did. Like moves, right? That's he, he'll hit you with fifteen moves now in one move. Yeah, but he be doing be blowing like blowing past. Not because blowing, he hit you with fifteen moves. That's why not blowing past people, but like blowing past. That's people. why his game offensively is so innovative, right? Like think about the way I was taught to play this game is around Kobe. It's like you catch the ball on the on the wing. It's reverse pivot, rip through, go. Reverse pivot, rip through, head fake, go. Like you make a move and you go. James reverse pivot. Hesitation, back dribble, hesitation, back dribble, into a spin dribble, into a back dribble. You're like, well, by the time you're done, you're like, I've been playing defense for 10 seconds. I'm tired. Just beat, you already had me beat seven times. It's like a re- <laughs> He's like a receiver at the line of scrimmage giving you a thousand moves. You're like, man, you ain't even going you go nowhere, nowhere man. yet. The quarterback got sacked. <laughs> but you know what? Customato used to say, Mike Tyson's trainer, you don't have to be fast, but you have to be sudden. Yeah. That's how, like, if there you're you sudden. And James is sudden. sudden. He, can, he can start and stop on a dime. Don't have to be fast. You have to be sudden. Twenty six nine and nine in his in his home debut for the Sixers last night. And by the way, he's looked great since paired with Embiid in the last three games with Philly. Uh, tonight we're going to get another return to the court, guys. Who we got? Kevin Durant. Who I think it's safe to say most people feel like in the last mm, year or so, two since he's come back from injury. He has replaced LeBron James. He finally overtook LeBron as the best player in the game. By the way, LeBron is still in that conversation, but if push come to shove, I think most people would say, who's the best player in basketball? KD, when he's healthy. Crazy. LeBron's not going to be first-team All-NBA this year, which is just shocking and crazy. He won't be? I mean, probably not. Really? I mean, who's in the MVP conversation right now? I mean, I'm just saying they're not going to just because it's LeBron. You can slot him on so many different positions, right? Like – so uh, the big will be Embiid, probably first well, team, and Jokic, Jokic. second team. Uh, who else is, de- is a lock for first team? I mean, I mean, Giannis will be a forward. Is it? Is it just by position? Just isn't by, it? Isn't yeah, it? I don't think it's by position. Isn't it two forwards, two guards, and a center? Still, I don't even know. I have Not to sure. look. We gotta look that up. I'm just saying. But Giannis and Embiid are in, right? Yeah. Who else is in? I mean, Jokic. Jokic yeah, they did away with the whole position thing, man. Everything? I think so. So that's what I'm saying. Like Giannis, oh, so they, they did away with the position Yeah, thing. Giannis, Jokic, and Beat. That's three. DeMar, so that's DeMar, DeMar DeRozan, you going to keep him out? He's in the MVP I would. conversation. I'll tell you why no, I stop. would. Stop, he's an MVP conversation. Let me just Max. tell you why I would, Jay. If you ask me, who would you rather have this year, DeRozan or LeBron? My answer is LeBron. So I have to put him ahead of DeRozan. 
but his team is towards the upper part. So I can't do that when your team is barely going to fight for a play-in tournament spot, I get, Max. Okay, I hear I, – Come look, on, man. There's team look, success in this whole thing, too. I, I agree with that. He is – LeBron is playing in extraordinarily difficult circumstances on this team. But I hear you. I'm not going to butt heads with you over that because I see it differently, but I see your point. So DeMar DeRozan and John Moran. <clears throat> yeah. And then Luca's been coming on. Luca's been coming on, too. But I think LeBron's right in that mix with those guys. But he's behind those guys. I'd say, uh, to me, who he's definitively behind is three dudes. And I can't, I'd say Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis have had better seasons than he's, LeBron. Well, I'm telling you, he's behind DeMar DeRozan and John Morant. I think and you've been high on John Morant. You, your guy that said John Morant's in the MVP conversation. No doubt. So, uh, but, I'm, but I mean, like, Jaws playing at an incredible level. They're third. So they're the third. Still. They're, they're the third best. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. NBA. You're right. There's there've been times where LeBron's looked too frustrated. You have and, to yeah. reward winning. Yeah, I agree. Not name, not name. I, but but that's the okay. I don't want to spend too much time on LeBron, but and because I agree with you, there are times where he looks like the body language just says he doesn't think they can win. That's bad. But, but Jay, he's but, kept them but, in so Max, many there's, games. There's always been a lot of players that have kept their teams in games towards the bottom of the league. Bradley Bill did it forever. Yeah. And you call him first team all NBA. Yeah. You know, so I think there's the history and the lineage that you start bringing into the equation because it's LeBron. But if you look at team success, oh, there's no even doubt. though LeBron's had an incredible year. But there's no way to block out the fact that you know what he can do. And when you see him doing basically that same thing, only this time it's total dysfunction around him. But I, again, like I don't want to stay on it too long because I, I basically I, I see the point. I see the point. I can't really argue that vociferously. Um. Where do the Nets rank in the Eastern Conference, Jay? I would probably say I would have them somewhere around. I would have the 76ers first, the Bucks second. I would have them somewhere around the Bulls' heat kind of region with Kyrie playing half the games. So given present circumstances, we have not yet seen Simmons. And whatever the mandates are, vaccination status, right now, Kyrie cannot play home games. Given those circumstances, you you have them. So if I haven't seen five, Ben Simmons but, and Kyrie only playing road games, yeah. like I, I might have them behind the Heat and the Bulls. So fifth. Yeah. But if Simmons comes back and it and he just looks like he did in Philly, which is he's a good facilitator, excellent defender, all that, Kyrie's still playing in half the games, where would they be then? Probably second. Just like that. Just like that. And if Kyrie gets to play in all the games. Hey, first. first, that's not even a question. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming, just based on everything that's come out over the last couple of weeks, that Kyrie, by the time we get to the playoffs, I don't know what round, but he'll be able to play in all of the games. They kicked the one, Philly two, Milwaukee three, all them Chicago's and Miami's and Boston's. They cool, Cleveland's. They cool, but they're not, in my opinion, at the level the other three are. I agree for this reason. In spite of the season DeRozan's having, the other teams you mentioned, to me, have not an MVP candidate, a dude who's, who is as good as an MVP. I think DeRozan is a – so I do five-star system, right, Jay? Mm-hmm. Five is an MVP, four is an all-star, three is a starter, two is a bench player, one is like replacement level. Okay. To me, Embiid is five-star. Yes. Harden is five-star. Five star. Yes. KD is five-star. Five star. DeRozan's four and a half this year to me. I give him a four and a half Kyrie, star. Kyrie, five star? 
when yeah. Kyrie is on in the playoffs, but overall I have to give him a four and a half. Okay. Overall four and a half because sometimes he's available, sometimes he's not. Sometimes in the regular season he's too ball dominant. I'll give him a four and a half, five when it matters. You're not saying DeRozan's not a five-star? DeRozan's a five-star this year. Okay, you have him five, I give him a four and a he's half. He's led the league in points in fourth quarters. I mean, he's had, he had a record that only Jordan had like, almost like you know, so many 30-point games in a row. He's had a, Who's the phenomenal. best player on the Bulls, do you think? It's DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan right I think Zach so Levine too. has the most talent. You want I mean, Zach Levine to be the best player. Let me ask you about that. Stop right there, Jay. Man, does he I have look the most at, talent? I look yes. at Zach Levine. He's crazy talent. Who came up kind of like as a point guard kind of guy. So he has the handles. He can, he can shoot like crazy from the outside. He's a leaper like it's nobody's business. Could jump out the gym. Why isn't he? He's very, very good. I understand he's excellent. Why is... Levine, not an MVP caliber player. Well, I think you're just seeing guys have phenomenal year. The dude's averaging 25 and 8. 25 and 8. I mean, it's not like his numbers are subpar. Those are big time numbers. Just, you got DeMar Rosen who's averaging 27, 28. You got Joel Embiid that's playing out of his mind, leading what I'm the league. In is, why scoring. is he not a five star player, uh, uh, Levine? Levine, I, I love Levine, but I wouldn't say he's a five star player, but ability wise, he seems to be. What's, th- the, what's th- the difference there? I think he's a five-star player. Levine? Well, if you believe that, but, why don't but, you believe in the Bulls if they have DeRozan I, I and Levine a, and everything I, else? I believe he's a five-star <laughs> player, but if you think about it, like Yates was saying, he hadn't really played meaningful basketball to this year other than the Olympics. Right, if he had a huge playoffs, for example. That would plus, change my mind. Plus, I think a big caveat that you know, I watch too many Bulls games probably, think about what that team – you talk about teams coming back and being healthy. Like – the addition of Caruso and Ball and Patrick Williams Oof. make this team very different. See, right? See, so right now, I, right now, look, you guys are judging them, and they're at the top of the Eastern Conference, right, along with Miami. But you're judging them, and they're not even fully complete yet. 100%. So I know those guys aren't names that jump off the page, but those are guys that are like, oh, okay, Patrick Williams, go, go guard Kevin Durant. But see, can they win four out of seven? That's what I look at. And I watched them get run. <laughs> I watched Golden State just, woo. That did it for me. Lonzo Ball is like the perfect point guard who will defend, who will pass, who doesn't care about his stats, who can shoot, can do all that stuff. Uh, uh, Levine is like a great two who can bomb from the outside, play above the rim, the whole thing. DeRozan is a 2-3 who kills it from the mid-range. Patrick Williams, if he's healthy, is an excellent defensive guy with offensive upside. Vucevic is as good as you can get before you get to the elite centers as an all-around game. Kobe White is a guard who can work in go. any backcourt. Caruso can defend. I'm with you, Jay. I'm with you. Contender, I'm with I mean, a guy comes off the bench, defends, and knows how to play. One of these dudes, either DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine or both, needs to be a five-star player in the playoffs, and then they can do it. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's go from the NBA to the NFL Combine and welcome in ESPN NFL draft analyst Matt Miller. Matt, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks for coming on. What 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 are teams looking for most at the combine? Would you say? Yeah, you know, I don't think it's the stuff we're going to see on TV tonight, unfortunately. Which is, you know, what we are all here to cover. But I do think it's more the medicals. You know, the the interviews are such a huge part of it. The the psychological testing that the guys like Keyshawn say they're not doing. You know, so they because they're not <laughs> going to be on the board when the Giants pick anyway. Uh, you know, it's it is it's that stuff. You know, we all get excited about the forty yard dash and the bench press and the three cone, and it is it's important. But I think it's more important on a pass fail standard. And for me, sometimes like I just want to see you show up and prove that you've actually been working out for the last four months since we last saw you play football. 
So it's most important is obviously the, the medicals, the interviews, especially for the underclassmen who were not at the senior bowl, you know, five weeks ago. So if you're, you know, a Kayvon Thibodeau, this is your first opportunity to sit in a room with NFL decision makers and, and let them get to know you. Same for Evan Neal or Iki Ekwanu, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, the, the top four, five players in this class, you throw Kyle Hamilton in there as well. These are guys that they've never been in that situation. So that's a huge part of it too. See, Matt, when I was at the Combine, I did everything. I, I did everything they asked me to do at the Combine. I worked out. I did it all, even though I had already knew that I was going to be the number one overall pick because we just knew. Uh, it, it, if anything, I was going to fall to two by design. But I wasn't sitting in that room for no couple hours getting ready to take no damn tests with a team that I know wasn't getting me. <laughs> right? I mean, like, come on. I'm not the only one that have done that to the Giants before. So – Right. Prime time done it. I mean, like, think about it. It's, it, it, it's a, a history with the Giants and some of the stuff that they do at the Combine that really don't really make any sense. What do you think, though, is the most over and underrated parts of the Combine? I think the most overrated is the 40-yard dash, and that's the thing that we all get juiced up for, right? It's the, oh, my God, how fast is this guy going to run? And as you know, Keyshawn, these players, from the time their season ends, and that could be mid-November if you don't make a bowl game, right? So from the time their season ends, they go away to training facilities that are designed and engineered for them to become Olympic-level sprinters. So for four months, you've been training to be a sprinter. And that is so different than game speed. So I even have really started to pivot away from looking at a 40. Like, okay, this guy runs a 4-3. This guy runs a 4-4. And started to look at, at that GPS. When you have a helmet and pads on and someone is chasing you, how fast do you run? We can get the miles per hour. We have that technology. So to me, that is a lot more valuable than looking at it and seeing how well you have trained to be fast. You know, Cooper Cup ran a 4.7 here. He's out running folks every Sunday when he gets the ball in his hands. So I don't think that you, I don't think we should put as much stock into it as we do. Now, obviously, it's a, a great made-for-TV event, and it's a lot of fun. Let's let it be that. I think the most underrated test is the three-cone drill. If, if you told me I could only have one test to evaluate every player in the 2022 NFL draft, I would take the three-cone drill because it shows flexibility, body control, short area quickness, uh, overall agility, flexibility. You can learn so much from watching that guy move in an L shape for about five seconds. And I think that, that's incredibly important, more important than how well do you run in a straight line. Matt, uh, with all that being said, I always love these moments because I get a chance to see whose stock elevates the most uh, when we start going through all these drills. So with that being said, whose stock do you think will elevate the most and is on a rise? Yeah, you know, I think this is a year where there's there are a lot of players that, that the average fan is just now getting introduced to. So I think there's a lot of people that are poised to rise. I look at the wide receiver class. You know, unfortunately, Jamison Williams and John Mechie, both from Alabama, tore their ACLs in back-to-back weeks. Mechie in the SEC Championship game, uh, and then Jamison Williams in the title game. So there's, a, there's room for people to rise. I think Traylon Burks from Arkansas is a name that a lot of folks are going to get familiar with over the course of the next three or four days. He's 6'3". He'll probably come in about 235, and he will run exceptionally well. He has a little bit of Debo Samuel to his game in terms of what he does after the catch and his positional versatility. So I think Traylon Burks is a name that when you think of the top receivers in the class, a lot of people are going to go to the Ohio State guys, 
the Alabama guys. Traylon Burks can put himself in that wide receiver one conversation by the time we leave here on Sunday. You're listening to Matt Miller from Indianapolis, our ESPN NFL draft analyst, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Matt, you look at these quarterbacks, that the crop of quarterbacks that are there, whether it's Sam Howe or Matt Carell or, or Willis or even Pickett from Pitt. A lot of times these quarterbacks get pushed up, and I would call them a little bit of a reach. Which yeah. one of these guys you think will be the furthest reach for a team out of those four? Yeah, I, that's a great question. It really is. I look at it as, like, Pickett is, is probably the most NFL-ready, right? And I know that's, that can be a derogative thing. To, oh, he's NFL-ready, you know, or he's safe. But I do think he is that. I think Malik Willis is the most intriguing in terms of, you know, traits. I would say the biggest reach would probably be Matt Corral, just because there's so much we don't know. I, I get maybe I get stuck too much on 2020 against LSU and Arkansas. He throws 13 interceptions in two games, right? Like that's that's really hard for me to get past. And though this year he cut down on the turnovers, he looked a lot better. But he's still a smaller guy who he did get hurt in the Sugar Bowl. Like it, it's you don't want to knock a guy for going in the Sugar Bowl when he could have opted out. But he's still a small player, and now he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. He's not working out here at the combine, so. I worry about Matt Corrales being a guy that I think he is the biggest boomer bust, right? Like he could hit and he could be really good, but if it misses, he's, he's not the type of quarterback that's just going to chill and be a backup for 12 years. You know, it's either going to be you hit and you're a starter or you miss and you're probably out of the league. See, Matt, that's the thing about playing in the bowl games, right? You all, every year we have this, should he, should he not? Now he plays in a bowl game. He can't work out for people. Now people want to ding him. Because of that, I just – I don't understand that, right? Max is like – he doesn't play in it. And it's like, well, he should have played in the bowl game for his team. Like, right. Come on. Seriously? Yeah, right. It's a double-edged sword. And it, it is the thing. It's like you, you want to praise him for doing it, right? For saying, hey, I, I want one more game with my teammates. I want one more game for my, the coaches that believed in me. One more game for the fans. But then, yeah, a guy gets hurt, and it, it does affect their draft stock. I mean, I think we all remember watching Jalen Smith, who was a presumptive top three pick – plays in the, the I believe it was the Rose Bowl at Notre Dame against Ohio State, and it blows his knee out. And there was concern he might never play football again. And, it, it you know, he went from being a top three pick to a second-round pick. So uh, And he's fortunate that he was the second-round pick, honestly. So it is it is tough, and it's, it's one of those things, like, it's just going to happen more and more. Someone and has we to, are, as analysts, expected to talk about it. Yeah. yeah, someone has to act as a corner man. Like, what you want to see from a fighter in the corner is um, he really wants to get out there, even when he's getting beaten up, right? He really wants to get out there and risk it all. And someone's got to care enough to say, not today, right? Someone in this system has to be there to say, I, because we want to see that the player wants to play. Someone's got to be the bad guy and say, no, 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 he can't play. And it's not clear who that can be in this situation. You tweeted about this yesterday. Where do you want to see Saquon land? Oh, man. So, like, selfishly, just to just to watch Saquon, because I think he's a fantastic athlete, I would love to see him with a team like you know, the Miami Dolphins, where they're actually going to get him the ball. Mike McDaniel is such a genius when it comes to scheming the run game. So I would love to see Saquon down there where they're going to they're gonna dump the ball to him. They're going to get him some explosive plays off tackle. Mostly I just want to see Saquon healthy, though. Like, that – I just want to see Saquon healthy again, but I think the Bills, the Dolphins, the Niners, those are maybe they don't have the biggest needs, but I think they would be great fits for what Saquon does. 
That is Matt Miller, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN NFL draft analyst. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning, Matt. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you so All right, much. Matt, yeah. All right, Matt. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. He was a two-time player of the year. Gotcha. Big-time player, my friends. America's premier talent. And won a national championship at Duke. Jason Williams, Jamin Jason, is the best in the land. So you know he's got some stories about Coach K. It's time for J. Will's Coach K memory of the day. Do you remember that time? Okay, so yesterday we had Johnny Dawkins on the show. He was – well, your time is on the show. Two days ago, we had Giant Dawkins Two on the days, show. Right, yeah. And I told a story about how we lost to Florida after my freshman year and how I got punked and how every day after that, Johnny Dawkins and I made 500 shots. Made 500 shots. Not took 500 shots, but made 500 shots. And that went on until I got to USA Basketball Camp. And when I got to USA Basketball Camp, my game went to a different level. But it went to a different level also because of who I was coached by during that level. Now, this was a team I played with Jason Richardson, Zach Randolph, Steve Blake, who played at Maryland. Uh, We had quite a Kenny Satterfield who played for Cincinnati. We had an absolutely loaded team. But it was very difficult my my freshman year playing for Coach K because I had never played the point guard position. And there was a lot of things for me to manage. And I didn't feel like I can just be my normal reactionary self. But all that preparation I did leading up into USA Basketball and then being coached by the great Jim Beheim, who had a different way of communicating his strategy to me, had a different way of pushing me that I had never really recognized or realized before that was so different than Coach K, but still as effective and different, really helped my game catapult to the next level. Now, we went on to win that year in USA Basketball. It was a fantastic summer, and that led me to come back my sophomore year to win one National Player of the Year award and also go on to win a national championship. But if I never play USA basketball that summer, if I'm never coached by Jim Beheim, a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game of college basketball, I am nowhere close to the player I was getting drafted second overall by the Chicago Bulls. Mm. So that being said, I bring in the Hall of Fame coach, head coach of Syracuse, Jim Beheim. Jim, how you doing, my man? 
Well, yeah, I tell you, that's about the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me, and I appreciate it. But what I have to say back is that team was carried by Jay. (laughs) That's what happened in that summer. We were struggling without a question, and I remember saying, look, you're going to have to do this. And, uh, man, I don't know what you averaged, but it was like you scored almost every key basket we had. That was a tough competition, and to win that was amazing, but it was really on your shoulders. I Right now, every time I think about that, I don't even think about any of the other guys or what they did because it was a, it was almost a one-man gang. And, uh, you know, you were ready for it coming off the year at Duke. And as, as we all know, there's nobody equal to Coach K in, in modern basketball history. I always exclude John Wooden because, hey, he won 10 times. So, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to compare anybody to him. But in modern basketball history, the last 50 years, Mike's the best coach. Uh, and it's mainly one of the main parts is motivational. It's his motivational skills and his work with people, how he works with people. And he's completely different with his players at Duke than he was with the Olympic team, which is, a, which is what you have to do. Some coaches can't make those adjustments, but he, he certainly can and, and did and is. And I think myself, this is the best Duke team I've seen this year in a long time. They play better defense. They shoot better and they have the big guy in the back. So when I see a team go on the road and beat people by 30 points, like he did to us, like he did to North Carolina, like he's done to three or four teams, that's dominance. And if you can dominate like that, you have the potential in the postseason to win win the whole thing. And, and there's a lot of good teams. I watch a lot of games, probably way too many. But Duke is clearly, to me, the most talented team out there, and they're playing at a high level. Jim, um, first off, it's so good to hear your voice, so good to connect with you. I've heard so many great stories about you and Coach K during (laughs) USA basketball, uh, the time that you guys spent in Vegas together. What is your favorite memory uh, of you and Coach K? You know, probably, I mean, winning the first gold medal, we we were really – under duress to win that gold medal. People forget that we hadn't won. The college coaches are coming in. Um, you know, we had a great team. Uh, we're in Beijing. We're playing Spain. And I, I'll never forget, we dominated every team in the Olympics by 40, even Spain, until the championship game. It comes down to a two-point game with a couple minutes to go, and Kobe Bryant makes a double-pump jumper in the lane after he said he was going to, and then hits Darren Williams for a three and then makes a three, and we win the game by 10 points. They could have gone the other way, and history would have been a lot different. (laughs) I don't think we'd have been back to coach the next Olympics, and uh, we'd have been looked on as like, well, they couldn't win this thing. I always thank Kobe for that. I I always felt he was the guy. LeBron was young. Kevin was young. Uh, Carmelo, they were still young guys in in 08. But Kobe Bryant, just he won that for us. And uh, he was a big moment player and uh, a unique player. The only player like him, I, I think, is, in terms of intensity, 
uh, was Michael Jordan. And that's a hard comparison to <laughs> go up against him. But those are the two most competitive players I've ever seen or ever been around. And they were obviously also great players. You had a uh, very special caller on your radio show recently. I want you to take a listen to the caller really quick. How, how often uh, do you see this side of Mike from Durham, a.k.a. Coach K? <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phone and welcome Mike from Durham to the program. Longtime listener, occasional caller. Hello, Mike from Durham. Yeah, I've been, I've been a fan of Coach Behan for almost five decades. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I doubt I'm that. I'm going to have a chance to watch the, the Syracuse Duke game this weekend. I was wondering if there, there was a, an opportunity uh, to meet him and maybe get an autograph or picture. I'm going to meet you, but I'm not going to give you an autograph or a picture. Because... What do you think about that, Coach? You know, the thing with Mike is he's a lot fun. Both of us, we're a lot funnier than people think. You know, our public persona sometimes is a little different. Is Well, it is. It's a lot different. But that doesn't mean that's who you are. You know, Clint Eastwood used to shoot people all the time in movies. That's not who he is. But, uh, you know, we're on the stage, the basketball stage. We're different. And uh, often, you know, Mike and I had a lot of great moments together. I mean, I can't even tell you. 300 times we worked, 300 different days we were together to coach the Olympic team and the world championship teams. But I'll never forget, after we won one, we were sitting down afterwards at dinner. and or, I think we were just the two of us were sitting there. Dinner was over. And we just looked at each other and said, boy, you know, we're two lucky guys to be sitting here. And uh, sometimes we don't appreciate what we have, what we've done, and what we've, we've been able to go through. And I think we did at that moment. And uh, I'll never forget it. We're lucky to be joined by Jim Beheim today, the head coach at Syracuse University, and on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, I have to ask you, because I, I saw the quote the other day, and uh, mm-hmm. it's it kind of blows my mind that Saturday I'm going down to Cameron, and that will be the last game Coach K will coach in college <laughs> basketball. I just can't imagine this game without him or you, honestly. And I saw a, a quote that said, you guys have a plan for who your successor <laughs> will be. At Syracuse, how difficult was that process, and what what went into that process for you? Well, you know, you have to end, and I'm I wasn't quite ready to end this year. I think it it was good for work for Mike Roy last year. I think most coaches retire after the season. Mike did it differently, and that's that worked great for Duke. It was a, a perfect ending. Um, but I had started recruiting, and I promised five kids I was going to coach them. So there's no way I was going to stop this year. We have had a bad year, and I'm not used to that, and our fans aren't. But certainly you don't want to walk away because you have a bad year. You want to try to right the ship. So we have a good plan. Uh, All businesses have a plan. Um, We have a good plan in place, and uh, I'm very comfortable with and uh, we'll see how it unfolds in the future. Jim, was it difficult for you? Because it's like, you know, when I had to write my will for my kids, I'm like, how am I supposed to <laughs> How am I supposed to do this? Like, I'm still here. I can still do it. Like, how challenging was it for you? You know, I always thought I could coach forever, but, you know, you really can't. But I feel good, and I feel like I'm coaching. We've lost three one-point games. I feel I could have done something different to win those games, but couldn't. 
but I feel great. And, you know, I, as long as I feel great, I'm going to coach. But there's definitely a timetable, and there's a, a time for it. But, you know, I just think coaching is not playing. You're just telling people what to do. And a guy like Warren Buffett still doing what he's doing because he's not running anywhere. He's just making decisions. As long as you can make decisions, you should be able to coach. But I'm near that point in time, and and I'm glad we have a plan, uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to that day. Thanks that so much, Jim. Is Jim Beheim, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you for Thank everything you, guys. you do, really, Coach. All right, Coach. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you all. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will. And Max. 4.47. That's uh, Key's 40 yard dash. This might as well be a 4.5. See some tight ends run faster than that, Key. 4.47 is a pretty good time. At least I would have made my two free throws against Indiana. Keyshawn, J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Yeah, I would have made my free throws against Indiana, though. Yeah, you'd have made them? Yeah, for sure. I would have just bam. This song song about DMs and stuff like that. Well, that's because Jay was digging in the DMs trying to communicate with my wife. Key, if they're going to be in business together, they're going to have to communicate I didn't say sometimes. they was going to be in business. He oh, I asked, thought they were going to be in business. He, Late he nights at the me, office. He asked me <laughs> yeah. if it was okay to communicate with her about her business. Right. And I said, sure, I don't care. But he never asked me for the email, and he never asked me for the telephone number. But then all of a sudden, he's DMing. I'm like, hold on, man. What, you, what does that mean? What is that? What, what are you doing? Isn't there a thing like where people have like a work spouse, like a work husband or a work wife? Have you heard about this? Uh-uh. I think I might have seen it on social media. I don't know because we don't live in the real world. We work on, we live in the TV and in the radio, right? Yeah. Like, but, but like there's a whole thing where people have kind of like work spouses, right? Like you have like, I don't know what that is. in other words, you work with someone. Like if you're a man, you work with a woman, and you guys have a good, you have a, like you have a, a relationship where it's ongoing, and you're trying to do do a job together, and you communicate a certain way. It's called like your work spouse, and you're, you are actual husband and wife. No, oh, okay. you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. About maybe that that's what maybe that's what he's angling for. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, you got to. It was just guy. strange to me because I would never call his wife or DM his yeah. wife. Yeah, it's kind of you messed know. up. Why, yeah. why are why are we still on this? Well, Yates I, I, played a song about DMs and stuff like. See, here we go. I just, you know, I go to the bathroom for one second, yeah. have to come back into an awkward conversation. It's awkward. I just don't. I don't know why. No, it's not and again, it didn't have what, to be who? awkward, Jay. You were the one who. No, slid into no, the Max. DMs. This is how millennials communicate. Uh. Like we communicate through. social Are you saying media. that you're a millennial? 
and you're not. Yes, that's and that what I'm and that Key and I are not millennials. You guys are both. So we don't know. So that's true. I'm, I'm Gen X. Email? I do use my email okay. from time to time. But I also but see this is like so let me ask you guys this question. So. Do you guys get FaceTime? See, all my friends, they yeah. don't call. No, don't they, FaceTime me. See? That's older generation. <laughs> yeah, don't I, FaceTime I, me, man. All, all my yeah. friends' calls, we always FaceTime. No, I don't need to see your nice FaceTime once in a while. See, you guys want to see we're always or FaceTime audio. No. Always on. You know when, okay. Do you know what FaceTime audio is, Max? Yeah, of course. Okay. I use yeah, that all the time when I can't yeah, get cell reception. I don't need FaceTime audio. I don't need to. See, you do it you don't FaceTime only. I don't need to FaceTime you. I don't need to see you. Do you remember this yes or no? When we were kids, when I was a kid. The promise Back was. when I was a kid. The promise was like one day <laughs> there are going to be phones and it's going to be a video phone. And I was like, oh my yeah. god, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. But then as you get a little older and you actually have essentially FaceTime video phones, like this ain't so great. I don't want to yeah, always I see don't everybody. I need you FaceTime me. Yeah. I might be laying down in bed right. or something. You FaceTiming me? Uh uh-uh, uh. That that done messed up the whole universe with that FaceTime, man. Uh-uh. Yeah, well, you didn't mess up the whole universe. See, like you guys, like I got to put you guys. Jay, on FaceTime things is like, for the kids and stuff, so yes, you can see your kids, yes. you can see your your spouse if you're away. Yes. You know? Yeah. I don't need to be FaceTiming like you. men. I it's like when I asked you the other day, I'm like, hey, are you on Signal? You're like, what's that? Who's sending me a Signal? And I'm like, no, it's an app. <laughs> is this an extraterrestrial? It's an oh, app. Jay, though, yes. I don't need to FaceTime you, though. Or are you on the Discord? Do you know what that means? No, no I don't. Zero no. idea. I'm going to put you guys on so no, I don't much. need to be on. I can communicate just fine. We're already at the stage. Do you hear my voice? Just fine. And that's the only way you will communicate with me. Do you hear my voice? too fast for old people. <laughs> I don't understand. What's good? <laughs> Yeah. I know. I, I don't stuff. mean to be making fun because the, the, when I was in L.A. the other day, though, mm. you know, the older, no, because you brought it up. The older person was trying to. I had to help them because they was really trying to figure it out. That's me with figure you right now. Like, figure what? Not, what are you <laughs> figure what out? Like a they phone? Were, no, they were trying to get the the uh, like the grocery cart. Oh yeah, out of the thing. But you know, nowadays they got the grocery carts all special now. They're like yeah, the yeah. big. They got different layers to them. And they were trying to get it out of the thing. And I saw it went over there to help. But, Jay, nobody's old. We're not old. I'm just trying to help you guys out. Like, you know, it's natural. Thank you, sonny boy. It's like, hey, <laughs> hey, talk to it. The way you preface it, though. Yeah. Hey, spoke the key. Thinking about getting involved in this, would you have some time to chat about it? That's cool. It's yeah, a lot no of typing. Off. Just make a phone call real it's, quick. It's I know, Max. A lot. I see how you it's try simple. to get on your Zoom every day. And you're like, oh, I did it again. <laughs> the wrong number again. I don't know what the hell oh, I'm doing? It's the same Zoom number it's every true. day, Max. No, no, it's not. Because if, if it depends on who's running the meeting, the number keeps changing. Yeah, it changes depending on who's running the meeting. Why did you just repeat what he just said? Because it's, it's true. true. <laughs> you don't have to repeat it to make it true. This is the senior citizen section. All right, we think yeah, listen the to way. the old guys complain about technology. Yeah, yeah. let me just ah, echo commands. Where's the clicker? That's it. I'm done I with this show. Right. NFL combine my, workout for quarterbacks, guys. I want to, because I teased it. I want to pay this off. Sam Howell, NFL draft prospect, is at a, at a, a presser talking about the weirdest thing he had to do so far at the combine. Listen to this. Honestly, no question comes to mind, but probably the craziest thing I had to do is I walked in uh, one meeting, I had to shoot like basketballs on a, on a mini hoop. That was probably the, the craziest thing I've had to do so far. Uh, it actually was the Eagles. It was the Eagles. They had, they had to shoot on the mini hoop. I only made like two out of five, so probably not high up on their board right now. Yeah, that sounds like North Carolina basketball. Ooh. Yo, you know, you know, what? You know something? Hasn't been a great year for Let me just tell NFL teams something. <laughs> You're not behavioral <laughs> specialists. 
No, there's no Sigmund Freud on your stat. They come up with these stupid, oh, this is going to test how we're going to throw them off bouncy. You're not CIA, special ops, psychological. I want to see his hand-eye coordination. Just, I mean, this just is for sure sheer entertainment. Gonna... That's what That's what, that's what it must for. be. They're for just coming sure. up stuff, so with stuff just to. It has nothing yeah, to right. do with me playing football right. at all and being Or get to it. know them, talk to people who know them. Do you, It feels like it's a lazy man's way of trying you to... Know, but, you know, they, but, but they also want to check your attitude. Exactly. Though, uh-huh. See, See if you get teed off in certain situations. You should. If I was designing by, that by test, way, I'd want a guy saying, what See, am I like doing me, this stupid stuff for? Even when I told the Giants I'm passing on their test, I yeah. smiled. I'm like, man, I'm not... I'm not taking that. But you guys heard about, like, Gilbert Arenas, right? So Richard Jefferson tells this great story about Gilbert Gilbert Arenas went in for his stress test, and he was wearing chucks. And he's like, yo, I'm not doing that. I'm not (laughs) scuffing my chucks. And that that, that gave off the wrong image of Gilbert. Hence him going sight. Gilbert Arenas was second round. Or it revealed something about him. First of all, you shouldn't be at the combine taking (laughs) a stress test on a treadmill with chucks on to begin with. Yeah. That just doesn't. That the brain alone should process something. Go different. get a go get a running shoe and go, you know. Come on. Yeah, that did. You came in the building wrong. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's so a, you know, the Giants asked for that test, and I said no. How did you say no? Was it like was a like, polite no, no? Was it? No, I was like, I'm not. I'm, I'm good, not man. That. I'm not doing that. He said that'll be a hard I'm not, pass. Yeah, a hard He's pass. Like, I'm <laughs> gonna that'll be a hard very pass. Very hard. Why are you gonna be around when you guys have? You want to know if a dude from South Central LA is crazy? Okay. They would Facetime them. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna have to say no to that. <laughs> Facetime my agent. Get my agent this conversation. They really, text. They really want to know if a dude from South Central LA is crazy. Wow. First. Oh, oh, got it. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.